This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Mike Krakowski. And the Packers secured a dominant 38-20 to victory against the Bears on Sunday. This win took me by surprise because I was concerned about our offense without Christian Watson. However, Matt LaFleur's adjustments and some outstanding performances helped us secure the win. Despite being questionable and on a snap count, Romeo Dobbs made a significant impact in this game. He only played 29 snaps, but still managed to score two crucial touchdowns. His precise route running and impressive hands, especially on that contested goal line fade, were game changers for the Packers. I'm excited to see what Dobbs can do in a full game, hopefully next week. Aaron Jones also shined in this game. Even though he's nearly 29 years old as a running back, he proved he's still a force to be reckoned with. He amassed 127 total yards and scored two touchdowns and only 13 touches. That's almost 10 yards per touch. His speed, his vision were evident in the ground game. His ability to exploit man coverage, as demonstrated on his fourth down angle route for a touchdown, was invaluable. Okay, To have a running back on your team, who can beat man coverage. It's obvious. You spread the defense out. You're in man coverage. You know that. It's linebacker versus running back, and you know you have a running back athletic enough to beat that linebacker nine times out of ten. That's such a huge advantage the Packers took advantage of on a huge play to get the touchdown. And the dominant offensive line, came through for the Packers throughout the offseason there was talk of our offensive line being one of the best in the NFL and it certainly looked that way on Sunday overall we had an 85.3 pass blocking grade which ranked best in the NFL in week one they allowed zero pressures that excludes plays where Jordan Love didn't release the ball on time the stellar production made Love's job easier and allowed him to go 10 for 16 on third and fourth down plays, a crucial factor in offensive efficiency. This offensive line performance is a promising sign for the season ahead, especially knowing we still have Rasheed Walker, we still have Yash Nyman sitting on the bench for the most part. Our defense and special teams made key contributions as well by creating scoring opportunities. We stopped the Bears on a tough fourth and short play early in the game, which led to our first scoring chance. Jaden Reed's punt returns were crucial in setting up 10 more points for our offense. The defense forced turnovers. And then Quay Walker's incredible pick six, pick six uh, was a very standout moment. He looked so athletic. He looked like a running back out there that was just unstoppable. And that was a great play for him after struggling in year one. Overall, 
this complemented our offense so well because it gave us such good field position several times throughout this game where our offense didn't have to drive the length of the field. And there's some standout performance performers I want to mention on the defensive side of the field. Rashawn Gary made a remarkable impact in this game despite limited snaps. He had five pressures on just 12 snaps. Ten of those were pass plays. So he had a 50% pressure rate on the plays he played out there. And he looks really, really good. And when he starts to continue to increase that snap count, I'm excited for what he's going to do for our defense like he did last year when he was out there. Remember, the Packers had the second highest pressure percentage in the NFL. When he was not, he was 28th. So get him fully healthy, get him out there, and I'm excited. Our defense showed its athleticism as well. Justin Fields did break away in the first half several times for scrambles, which were big plays for the Bears. But in the second half, you saw guys like Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Lucas Van Ness making impressive play after impressive play with their athleticism, being able to stop Justin Fields in the backfield. And that's kind of what Brian Gutekinds is betting on is that athleticism standing out. This whole defense played just so well together. Ultimately, the defense put together put pressure on Justin Fields over 50% of the time he dropped back. And then finally, Darnell Savage, who I had doubts about, who I was like, hey, trade him away immediately for nothing so you can get $8 million off the books. That might still be the right decision because this isn't a year we're trying to win the Super Bowl or anything, but he led the team with 10 tackles and had a great game overall. I'm not sure if he is taking a different role in this defense with Adrian Amos out the window, but look for him to continue to stand out. But there were some still some disappointing aspects in our performance. Rudy Ford and Keyshawn Nixon, two major starters on defense, appeared out of sorts. Their low PFF grades are concerning and their performance will need to improve. These two will have to improve. It's it's hard seeing these two struggle when guys I liked who are free agents played just as good as they did. And also when Brian Branch, a slot cornerback and safety I loved in the second round, thrived in Detroit. If the Packers continue to struggle in these areas, it may be worth it to consider a couple of position changes. Because the Packers could move Jair in the slot full-time. Now Jair, Jair is a great quarterback wherever you put him. He can still be a great quarterback in the slot. And honestly, Justin Jefferson and Amon Ross St. Brown play a lot in the slot anyways. And so if he wants to be matched up with the other team's best receivers, NFL teams are putting their best receivers in the slot nowadays. And you would want to do this because the Packers have two outside cornerbacks not playing. They really like Eric Stokes when he comes off PUP in three weeks or so and seventh round rookie Carrington Valentine. If both of these players are showing up in practice, they look really healthy, they're continuing to make plays, it may be worth it to also see if Rasul could play safety full time. Because if you want your five best defensive backs on the field, right now, that's Darnell Savage, that's uh, Russell Douglas had safety and it's Carrington Valentine and Eric Stokes on the outside and Jair in the slot. Something to consider on the offensive side. Luke Musgrave could not stay on his feet in, in this game. If he could have 
and ran the right routes. He probably should have had two touchdowns in this game. Look for him to bounce back as he looked very good all offseason. He had the... Uh, he had he was just scared. He was just really, really nervous. And you could see it out there. He wasn't nervous all offseason. He had a great offseason. I think he's going to be fine moving forward. Then center Josh Myers was awful. He got destroyed on the first drive of the game, which resulted in Aaron Jones getting hit in the backfield. He had a 44.0 overall PFF grade. The Packers should have continued to invest in their interior offensive line because Josh Myers is due to be replaced at this point. But the Packers don't really have many guys available for a clean upgrade without moving several players around. Their only option would be to move Zach Tom to center, but then you're moving Josh Diamond to start a right tackle. And honestly, this offseason, he also hasn't looked like he's ready to start at right tackle anymore. Uh, in the past, it seems like he's been serviceable, but he doesn't look, he didn't look the same this offseason. And I'm not sure why that is. And Rashid Walker, he can, I'm sure, could play right tackle, but he's been training at left tackle all offseason. And then A.J. Dillon also totally didn't look like himself in this game. He looked, honestly, just awful. He was slow. He couldn't hit the hole. And really, it was just disappointing. And honestly, there's probably a reason the Packers were in on the Jonathan Taylor trade talks because Dillon must be really going downhill quick. The Packers picked Dillon just a few picks after Jonathan Taylor in that 2020 NFL draft and I wonder if their dream scenario was actually to trade up for Jonathan Taylor but he got picked a little earlier than they were hoping and then injuries are an inevitable part of the game Quay Walker suffered a concussion Aaron Jones pulled a hamstring though it doesn't seem severe and Jaden Reed had a scare as well the latter injury was frustrating giving Given the game's late stage, there was no reason for the Packers to really be running any sort of offense except just running the football when you're up by more than two scores in the fourth quarter. And Jordan Love and any other major players should not have even been in the game at that point. So that Jaden Reed injury could have been really bad. Luckily, it doesn't look like it's going to be, but it should have been avoided. And then finally... There were some prideful mental errors, and they have to stop. We saw it with Jair and Quay Walker consistently last season. In this game alone, the Packers had four penalties that were unsportsmanlike conduct or unnecessary roughness, stupid, immature penalties that can totally torpedo a drive. And these weren't from young players, but some of our big veteran leaders like Devondre and Rasul. These are drive enders, and they are all because of these guys' egos, and this Eagle crap has to stop. I don't know who's in charge. This seems like a Rich Basaccia thing, but he's got to get a handle on this because this cannot keep happening. And there was a significant timeout mismanagement issue by Matt LaFleur before halftime as well. He allowed 28 seconds to run off the clock after a sack on Jordan Love. Such errors can affect our scoring opportunities, and we need to avoid them. Thankfully, Anders Carlson had a great day. He still drilled that deep kick and the rest of those kicks that day. Uh, but that should have been a closer field goal. We shouldn't put that much pressure on him uh, if we don't have to. And then, but I like the fact that LaFleur is taking chances with this offense. He ran a triple option play that Jaden Reed got killed on. And then he ran a few plays with six offensive linemen on the field. To me, that personnel package with six offense linemen is one of the most productive personnel groupings in the NFL, but it's so underused. They brought in Rashid Walker out as the extra offense lineman, and he played a big role on that huge screen that Aaron Jones had in this game. And I like bringing out these other 
unique play calls because that means every single week NFL defenses who we're playing are going to have to prepare for those. And so I was very impressed with LaFleur greatly in this game, his play calling, how he's seen big plays without uh, big plays open without asking a ton from Jordan Love. And we need to talk about Jordan Love. At first glance, Jordan Love statistically seemed to have a great day, leading this team to 38 points, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 245 passing yards. This guy is the new is the next guy in line. He's going to be the next Brett Favre. He's going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be the guy, and he's going to be our quarterback for the next 10 years. Let's slow down a little bit, okay? He finished with just a 57.7 PFF passing grade. Love had one turnover-worthy throw. No big-time throws in this game. That means basically Love didn't have any special throws. He took what was given to him for the most part, and some of his players made a lot of big plays after the catch, which Love is not given credit for, which he shouldn't. Love had some very on-target throws in this game, but then at times he missed some easy throws as well. The one sack Love took in this game, he struggled with his mental clock of when he's got to get rid of the football and how much time he has and ends up running right into a sack, like we talked about before. But this offensive line was amazing in this game and only allowed pressure on 20% of his dropbacks, and Love was awful on those passing plays compared to when he was kept clean. Not often are the Packers going to face a team with as poor of a pass rush as the Bears. And Jordan Love is going to face pressure. When he does, the question is, can he still orchestrate this offense? That, to me, is the real question, but I haven't seen enough from him yet to, first of all, ever justify his selection back in 2020, and not enough to commit to him in the future either. The Packers should definitely be keeping their options open in the upcoming draft when it comes to adding another real quarterback to compete for the starting job because it's a very deep quarterback class. I will say, though, Jordan Love did have a pretty sick no-look pass in this game, and so I think the, p- the potential is there, but we need more evidence. In, in conclusion, the Bears are not a strong team and will likely struggle to win games this season, mainly due to their defense's inability to keep opponents under 25 points. Despite how this game is going to be hyped up, our Packers team has some areas areas for improvement, particularly particularly with veterans like Josh Myers, A.J. Dillon, Keyshawn Nixon, and Rudy Ford. However, with a strong offensive line, healthy playmakers, and improved defensive performances, and a great special teams, we have the potential to compete each and every week. The upcoming game against the Falcons will be a tougher test, but still a winnable one. Our Packers can be in every game with an, with average QB play from Jordan Love this season. But really, could be a playoff contender if Jordan Love can elevate his game. But if he doesn't, we should remain open to other QB options in the upcoming draft. So that's all we have today, folks. If you have not already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks, guys.